Introduction In wartime, truth is so precious that she should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. Winston Churchill During World War II, the free world literally hung in the balance, with the Axis and Allies engaging in warfare on an unprecedented scale. Although Hitler's Nazi Germany had overrun much of the European continent by 1940, the Allies began to reverse the momentum in 1942. By the end of 1943, with Allied forces firmly established in Italy and the Soviets on the verge of turning the tide in Russia, the British and Americans began to plot the invasion that would liberate Europe from the Nazis. During the first half of 1944, the Americans and British commenced a massive buildup of men and resources in the United Kingdom, while Allied Supreme Commander Dwight D. Eisenhower in military brass planned the details of an enormous and complex amphibious invasion of Europe. The most obvious place for an invasion was just across the narrow English Channel, and the Germans had built coastal fortifications throughout France to protect against just such an invasion. Cloaking the vastest amphibious landing in history in layers of shrouding misdirection represented an undertaking second only in ambitiousness to the Grand Seaborne invasion itself. Yet with Operation Bodyguard, the Allies attempted precisely that task in regards to 1944's D-Day. Bodyguard would, if successful, confuse the Wehrmacht occupiers of France about the actual place where Operation Overlord would ultimately come ashore. The Western Allies, particularly the British, proved adept at the cloak-and-dagger disinformation campaigns needed to confuse the Third Reich, sending reinforcements in the wrong direction. The fact that the Nazis themselves used a sophisticated radio deception program during operations in the Soviet Union during the early stages of the war meant that fooling them on such a large scale presented no easy task. The plan was to trick the Germans into thinking the expected invasion would come in late summer 1944, and would be accompanied by an invasion in Norway, Greece, and elsewhere in Europe. The goal was to trick the Germans into defending areas away from the invasion, thus posing less threat to the success of the actual invasion, Operation Overlord. On an operational level, it hoped to disguise the strength, timing, and objectives of the invasion. A further element of bodyguard was Operation Fortitude. Fortitude marked one of the most ambitious, successful deception plans in the history of warfare. Fortitude was divided into two parts, north and south. Both parts involved the creation of fake armies, one based in Edinburgh in the north, and one on the southeast coast of England which threatened Pas de Calais, the most obvious area of France for invasion. The Allies went to remarkable lengths to ensure the success of the operation. A fictional U.S. Army group under George Patton was created in the south. Every effort was made to ensure operational security while also allowing the Germans to see the dummy war material and supporting infrastructure to add weight to the ruse. Dumbing invasion craft were constructed at ports. Inflatable trucks and tanks lined the roads in Scotland and around Patton's fictional army group. Luftwaffe aircraft were allowed to fly over the inflatable army while being kept far from the actual invasion preparations. The deception was reinforced by frantic radio signals emanating from fortitude north and south to the amount expected from a large-size invasion group. A crucial factor to the success of Allied deception was the use of double agents. Successful espionage by MI5 had turned all German agents in Britain to the Allied side by the launch of Overlord. By the beginning of 1944, MI5 had 15 agents feeding false information to the Germans, with just enough reliable information to maintain their credibility. The most celebrated was Garbo, a Spanish agent who created a fictitious network of 24 spies while working as a double agent for the British. 
The benefits of having such a fictitious network of sub-agents was Garbo could create an identity for his sub-agents to best fit the information given to the Germans. Ensuring the Germans took the bait was a far more difficult prospect than creating the misinformation in the first instance. By 1944, the Allies had a massive advantage in terms of intelligence with the cracking of German Enigma codes. Allied deciphering of German codes was so successful by 1944 that those responsible literally could not keep up with the overflow of information. What the intelligence was showing was that the Germans, in the days preceding the invasion of Europe, still had no real idea when or where the invasion was to take place. To complement the Allied deception effort, the Royal Air Force dropped twice as many bombs on the Pas de Calais than it did in Normandy in preparation for the invasion.